Good morning, everyone. This is Palm Sunday of 2020, and the theme today is that the stones themselves will cry out. Uh, Sandy, I am sitting here with my, my bride, and we're having coffee at our kitchen table. Why don't you open us in a word of prayer? Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us to this beautiful Palm Sunday that is the celebration of you riding into Jerusalem as a triumphant king. And Lord, those people did not know that they were being prophetic and talking about you coming to Jerusalem because you are the reigning king, even though you didn't come in the way they expected, Lord. You're the reigning king. And Lord, I know that right now today on this Palm Sunday, we can find you coming to us, maybe in unexpected ways, Lord, but you are still king and you still reign victorious. And I just pray that all of us can rejoice today with the rocks and the stones and all of nature in that you are the beloved son of God and that you died for us. You gave your life up for us and then your life, you were resurrected, Lord, and through that, you conquered death for all of us. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can place our hope and trust in you and give us a good lesson today. Amen. Amen. Let's read, he, sing, He Has Made Me Glad. This is, I will enter his gates. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for me, he has made me glad. sing today, waving palms here in our kitchen, I guess, if we had them. Uh, guys, we're going to be looking at the story of Palm Sunday, the whole event, and I want to remind you that there are three what we call synoptic gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they give a summary of Jesus's life and the whole thing, but John, the gospel of John is much different, uh, and so it's not included in these synoptic gospels, and it speaks of the, the transcendent divine nature of Jesus, and John is the one that declares to the listening world, Jesus was and is God. He is divine. He is nothing less. He is to be the object of our worship. We're going to look at all pieces of this account this morning, and uh, when we get to that part of John's account, we will hear Jesus say, when they try to hush up the people from praising him and giving him honor, he says this, he says, if these are not allowed to worship, the stones themselves would cry out. So let me ask you this morning, do you love him? Do you worship him? Do you obey him? Jesus tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, and I'm going to ask Sandy if she would please read us uh, verses 1 through 3. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. 
You know, I've, Sandy, I, when I think about this event, I think about, oh, several years ago, we were in Jerusalem on this very morning. We were there on Palm Sunday. And do you remember going down from Bethphage, which was up on the hill, and we walked past all of those tombs, and we ended up in a big company of about probably 2,000 pilgrims who were from India with all their saris on and their beautiful things, waving palms, and it kind of felt like it probably was that very, very day. It's interesting when you look in these things, something in Matthew I think that's interesting that's not seen in the others. It says, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. The other, it's, it's kind of fun to me because in this one we see that there was a mama donkey and there was probably uh, her colt who had never been ridden, we know. And so I guess they led the mama donkey down and the little colt followed or something, but Jesus ends up getting on this cold, and it's interesting because the other Gospels don't mention this. And I want to remind you guys that just because the Gospels give different accounts doesn't mean that these accounts are not true or that they don't agree with one another. It is what creates what we call in law a thick story instead of a thin story. Uh, it fills it out. It, the other Gospels don't say there wasn't two donkeys, but Mark is specific in saying that Go and find this donkey with her colt and bring her. And then, uh, if you would please, uh, verse 4. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So these two verses are really interesting because they give references to uh, a passage which is in Zechariah. Actually, they're quoting this whole passage in Zechariah. And uh, if you go and look at that passage in Zechariah 9, you'll see it's a, a messianic uh, it's a messianic prophecy, and it speaks of a day when this king, quote, shall speak peace to the nations, and his dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Tell us uh, a minute about the symbolism of a donkey versus a horse, Sandy, if you want to share well, that. Well, um, a king usually rode a horse when he did this kind of a victorious ride into town. And a donkey was someone who was ridden by prophets or teachers and was not a, not only was it not a regal, it wasn't a regal animal to ride, but it was also not a warlike animal, which would also have been a horse. So Jesus was coming as a servant, he was coming as someone who could bring them the truth, someone that could um, bring them healing. And all of those are manifested in the fact that he was riding a donkey, not a horse. And I think it's important to remember, you know, Jesus did come the first time as a lamb. Remember when uh, he met up with John the Baptist and John the Baptist was getting ready to baptize him. Y'all remember what, what uh, John said? He said, behold the lamb, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. You can find that in John 1. But I want you to remember that when Jesus comes again, you can go to Revelation uh, chapter 19, or matter of fact, we can turn and look at that together. He will be coming on a war horse and he's gonna come to judge the nations. So the first time he came to earth, he came on a donkey, just as Zechariah had prophesied, as well as I believe in Isaiah, there's, similar prophecies. Uh, let me read this from Revelation uh, chapter 19. Now I saw heaven opened, I'm at in verse 11. 
This is Revelation 19, verse 11. Now, I, and what you can do on your podcast, guys, is you can just put it on pause if you want to look it up, and that way I don't have to wait for people to look up the, the verse. Now, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. This is talking about Jesus, Sandy. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he will strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's go ahead now and go back, Sandy, to Matthew chapter 21 and read us verses 6, uh, 7, and 8. Okay. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him <coughs> and those that followed... Oh, am I reading too far? That's all right. Just, I think that's enough. Okay. The text tells us that the disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them to do. And uh, do you know what? Do you and I do what Jesus instructs us to do? It made me think of this while I was uh, preparing the sermon. You know, I don't know that I always do exactly what Jesus instructs us to do, but he tells us certain things to do that even in this time of this virus, this COVID, that if we do them, we're gonna be participating in the abundant life that he promises us. Uh, what, so let's talk about it. You know, one thing Jesus says, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I, I took a few minutes when I was preparing this to look and see what are the things that he commands us to do. <clears throat> that exact uh, verse that I just quoted is from, um, it's, I'm not sure where it's from. I guess John. Uh, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he, that's the helper, may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Now listen, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So during this time of this uh, pandemic, Realize, number one, you're not an orphan. You are not in this alone. You have the Holy Spirit with you. The Holy Spirit is promised to you. The Holy Spirit's promised in this, in this passage to you. And so number one, realize that you're not an orphan. You're not alone in this. And number two, stop letting your heart be troubled. I know <clears throat> even in our household, uh, at times, Sandy and I, one of us will be troubled about this. Or the other, we're concerned and we have to stop and talk to ourselves and say, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus was clear about this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. This is John 14, one through four. You believe in God, <clears throat> believe also in me. <clears throat> in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself 
that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way you know. That's John 14, one through four. So number one, realize you're not an orphan. You're not all by yourself. You're not in this alone. You have the Holy Spirit to help you. Two, stop letting your heart be troubled, okay? Three, let the Holy Spirit teach you during these trying times. There are things of spiritual growth that were, if we are listening to the Lord, when we come out of this pandemic, we're all gonna have grown in certain ways. In John 1, chapter 25, Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you your, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then fourthly, this is the last thing that I have, is number one, realize you're not an orphan, you're not in this alone. Two, stop letting your heart be troubled. Three, let the Holy Spirit teach you during these trying times. And four, receive and experience his peace. Jesus said in John 10, 10, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's John 1. Don't let Satan steal your joy. Jesus was clear about his desire that we have an abundant life and he was clear that Satan is hell-bent on making sure you don't experience that abundant life. And then I did uh, have John 10.10 10 here. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. In verses 7 and 8, we're then told that the disciples laid their coats out on the road so that he could pass over them. I think this is interesting because... Uh, in scripture and in, in that time when a king would come through, people would place their garments out on the road for the king to walk upon them. And as I, and I thought about this, they also laid branches down. And my son Alex had told us yesterday that branches were not native to Jerusalem. So they purposefully brought them, huh? The palm branches. The palm branches, sorry. Palm branches. They, they purpose, purposefully brought them to Jerusalem because that is what was... <clears throat> signified that a king was being honored and praised. And I think that's kind of neat. So it reminds me that all of us who are determined to take Christ as our king must lay what we have at Jesus's feet. <clears throat> so my question to you this morning, we'll check our time right there. Uh, check with you. The, uh, is, is, so they laid their branches down. It reminds us whatever you have, guys, you want to place it at the Lord's feet. So do you just give lip service to Christ or are you all in? Are you all in in this thing of being a Christ follower? Follower, I've told you all over and over that to love the way we're supposed to love, to love the Lord with all of our heart and to love our neighbors ourselves, it costs us our time, our talents, and our treasure. And uh, lip service and just talking about it is not really true obedience. Obedience is when you give Jesus your all in all. And I thought maybe we could sing this one verse of this. You, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give hope I'd be a
distracted. It's because we're looking at the timer. This thing cuts us off at 30 minutes, so we're a little bit phobic about that. So look at that phrase, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. Uh, my, my, my thing to you, my, my, I guess what I want to urge y'all today is don't give up, friends. Don't give up on the Lord Jesus. Don't give up on your faith. Trust in him today. You know, we're given a great example and insight into scripture. Uh, I remember there's a passage in John chapter, chapter six, Sandy, where it says, and many of the disciples began to drift away from him. And that's when he asked Peter, who, who am I? Uh, here it is. It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Brothers and sisters at Union Grove and anyone else listening to this, we've all come to believe that he is Messiah. He is the son of the living God. So don't falter and don't waver in this moment. Thinking of you, Aaron, this morning, Aaron Martin, kind of new to your faith, don't falter, don't waver, don't give up. Guys, don't be discouraged. I want, don't want to hear about anybody dismayed or downcast as mankind battles with this virus. This is not our battle. This battle is the Lord's. And I want you guys to do the safe things, do what's being suggested of us to do, but I don't want to hear about any panic. Instead of panic, we ought to be praying, okay? Instead of faltering, we ought to have faith. Go ahead, Sandy. Um, and I just have one more suggestion. Look online and see how to make masks for yourself and your family. And that is one way you can act out your wanting to uh, do what you can, you know, to protect your family. Is uh, e there's, even, there's even some patterns online where you can just make them by hand without a sewing machine. And they are helpful, and um, we need to really start paying attention because supposedly the next two weeks are going to get really bad, you guys. And we love all of y'all. We want all of y'all to be safe. And we will be back in the little church in the Grove when the Lord wants us to be. And in the meantime, listen to these podcasts. Be faithful. Get out your word and listen. Uh, let's now go back to our text in Matthew. And Sandy, if you would please read this climax of this, which is verses 9 10 and 11. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I think it's kind of neat here where it talks, says the whole city was stirred up. This was a big, big deal. This Jesus comes in, the crowd goes crazy, there's a frenzy, and it's kind of interesting. You know, you begin to ask, but well, why were they doing this? You know, what provoked them all to run out to the street? Uh, and there's a lot of theories. I know you've talked about one concerning the Romans. You want to share that? Well, just that the people thought <clears throat> that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem to throw the Romans out. And that's why they were so enthusiastic. That's why this phrase they're using, Hosanna, means save us. Don't, they, get, it, don't get ahead of me. I'm now. not, but I'm just saying <laughs> they believed that Jesus was going to save them from the Romans, and they weren't focused on Jesus was going to save them from their sins. And, and that's one reason why so many of them rejected him at the time when Pilate was willing to let him go, 
and the religious leaders and the, told the people to say, no, 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 not him, but Barabbas. I remember asking the congregation, you know, people, what do y'all think Hosanna means? And people would say things like, well, isn't it kind of like hallelujah or isn't it like praises? And, and what Sandy brought up is so interesting because Hosanna is how it ended up being in this Greek text in this Bible is straight out of the English we use, Hosanna, comes straight from the Greek text, Hosanna. But really what it is, it is a Hebrew phrase, which is Hashiana, okay? Or you can see in there that Sha, Shea, like Yeshua, that means Savior, you know, right? Jesus saves. Uh, so it's not a Greek word at all. It is a Hebrew word, and it literally meant save, please. <clears throat> and that same those same two words are only found one other place in the entire Old Testament, and that is in uh, Psalm 118.25. In that passage, it means save, please. It's a cry for help. It's kind of like what someone would cry, Sandy, if they fell overboard on a boat. It's just, save me, save, help me, save me. And, uh, and so Jesus' purpose in riding into Jerusalem that day was to let them know it was kind of the, the true presentation of who he was. We're going to sing a song now that we have sung since our earliest days in marriage, which is one of our favorites that has to do with this event. It's called Hosanna Lord. <clears throat> we cry Hosanna Lord. Yes, Hosanna Lord. Yes, Hosanna Lord. Jesus rode in Jerusalem as a conquering king, and he was as such to those people. This was presentation of himself as king, not of a palace, 
and not of a worldly kingdom, but rather as the king of a spiritual kingdom. He received the worship and the praise of the people because only he deserved it. And from this point forward, he would no longer tell his disciples to stay quiet about him. Rather, in the book of Luke, it's recorded. But immediately, or he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, meaning his disciples, the stones themselves would immediately cry out. Unfortunately, the very people, as Sandy mentioned, that were praising him as this king would be condemning him to death by the end of the week. Why was this? How could this be? It's because Jesus did not meet up to the expectations that they had for him. Most welcomed him enthusiastically because they thought that he was arriving on the scene, as Sandy told us, to give the Romans their what for and to deliver them. They saw him as a messianic deliverer who would free them from the bondage of Rome. And I, but I'm, I'm sure also that a few of them actually accepted him that day as their savior. When I was thinking about this this week, Sandy, I was thinking that, you know, we put a lot of expectations on God. And we, we try to put Jesus in a box. We try to put expectations on him and make him what we want him to be instead of letting him be who he is. Some people will come out, and, and I see this with some of my atheist friends on, uh, what are you doing? Uh, on Facebook, who will come out and they, they recognize him as a great moral teacher, and, uh, and then, but they want nothing to do with this Jesus who saves them from their sins. Others look to Jesus to be like a genie in their bottle, providing all kinds of magical solutions to their every desire. And I just think there's a little warning here for each of us to don't try to put Jesus in a box. Today, recognize him as King of King and Lord of Lords. Worship him in your heart. Wave palm branches in your heart or go around your house and wave some if you have them. And cry Hosanna to him saying, Jesus, not only do I ask you to save me now, but thank you for saving me in my past. Remember the words that are spoken in the Old Testament to us today that Jesus is God. He is Lord. He is Messiah. I think it's Isaiah who says, he's the wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, that Sar Shalom. So I would say to, to you guys today on this Palm Sunday, you know, give him your praise, give him your honor, give him your glory, because he alone is worthy to be praised. I'm sorry that we're a little rough in this. We're just getting used to these podcasts. Is there any Thing you want to add before I close this in prayer? No, just that we love everyone and we miss everyone. All of you guys, uh, just you know, contact us by email or call us or whatever, Lord, because we just love to hear from y'all. And uh, please let us know if anybody is in need of anything, and we'll do what we can as a church to try to help you guys out. We love you. Um, we're praying for all of you. And we just want you to know that, and y'all pray for us as well. So let's, let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Lord, we come before you today, and I thank you for our little church in the grove. Lord, I thank you for those, like even Bill Laird, who texted me this morning asking our congregation, and we pray now for him out on that drill rig out in West Texas somewhere with people coming and going, workers from Louisiana. Lord, protect Bill. And Lord, as you're protecting Bill, protect Sherry, protect... Paul and Wendy, Lord, protect uh, Aaron and Stephanie this morning and little EJ, Lord, we pray protection on Diane and sweet Sherry and the kids and Lord, on Gail and Charles and 
on uh, Kathy and on Ken, protection on Jimmy and Peggy Brinkley, Lord, and I pray for the chaplains, for Rick and Early Mar, and for the Strattons, Daryl and Asusana, and all the kids, Lord, for Kelton and his ministry. Uh, go ahead, Ed. And I just want to pray for the Bennetts and our little fiddlers, Lord, and um, and I know there's people we're leaving out. We don't mean to do that. And we, we pray do. for Cassandra and Linda, Lord. Just let them be encouraged and enjoy working in and their garden. We pray garden. for Big Rick. I pray you'd take care of Big Rick, Lord. And we pray for Donnie, Lord, who we hadn't seen in a long time, and pray for this young man, Raymond, who's with us now out here. Lord, guide him and direct him in his life. We pray for Larry. Uh, pray for Tim Sandlin and Maria and their whole family, Lord. And I pray for Ron Heron and Sandra and Sandra's son. Mike on. And I pray for, um, Lord, the guy that comes that's a visitor that comes and sits in the back. And Mr. Toller. Mr. Toller. <laughs> and I pray also for AJ as he is working at the prison, and I just lift him up in prayer also. And we pray for Mike and DJ for the, the Nickersons and... Uh, I just don't know who we're leaving out. I'm sure somebody, guys, it's hard. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll... The Andersons, we pray for the Andersons and the Adamos. Oh, yeah, Lord, we pray for Kathy Adamo and for Nick and Sarah and... Uh, for Ken and Kathy. Yeah, we've prayed for them three times. So they, they've, been, <laughs> they've been triple blessed this morning. Guys, we love y'all. We appreciate you. Those that we've missed, we'll, we'll pray for you uh, as you come to our mind in our next podcast. We love you and talk to you soon. See you later. Amen.